Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back here to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministries. And as promised, we're going to continue on with part two of our uh of our uh, topic we are talking about a couple weeks ago, you are as close as you want to be. As you remember in episode one, you were talking about the different uh, aspects of it. Uh, you are as close as you want to be from understanding growth to the parable of the blind man and it takes time to heal and so on and so forth. Alan, I thought we'd uh, tell you, uh, continue on with this talk and we're going to continue on with a part two of this, so how do you grow closer to God and God's growth? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we're uh, we're going to make sure we got everything covered as we t- talk about uh, continue on with this uh, episode. First thing is, so how do you grow closer to God and growth and your knowledge of Him and His ways? One is by prayer. I think that's probably the most. Uh, uh, most popular is prayer. Then you got growing, uh, reading along with the Bible and so on, to talking to him through the Bible and things like that. And but it's so many more aspects you need to, uh, that you understand as you grow closer and grow to God is by one going to church, talking with like-minded, faith-minded people in your church, talking with the pastor as well, listening to different Christian podcasts and radio shows. One being the most popular is probably Spirit FM or Caleb, for example. But I'm going to let my wife talk about that more to let her give, give her her ideas. Yes, welcome back. We're so glad to be back with y'all and you celebrate Easter. I hope you had a nice and pleasant Easter uh, wherever in the world you are celebrating it. And yeah, so um, we're continuing part um with part two of you're as close as you want to be. And so your growth level, you have different levels of growth, just like you do growing up physically. You grow from a baby to a toddler, to a young kid, to a teenager, excuse me, in puberty, and a young adult to an adult to the wise elderly. And so, yes, wise elderly, because they've been through it all. And so if you have someone, you know, a grandparent or someone in your life you look up to uh, that is, you know, up, you know, in age, please, they have a lot of wisdom. And I would suggest that you listen to some of their wisdom. So your growth also tells you the level of where your heart is spiritually, right? So you have a spiritual growth process as well. And where are you in that? And you can tell by some of the things you say and some of the things you do and how well you trust God. You can tell where you are spiritually. And so we are going to continue on with that. And we said last week, you spend time with God, you, you know, as he said, prayer and by talking to him. But you also spend time with him and you grow by the word of God. Um, that is so important. Um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, 
be renewed, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word will renew your mind day by day as you spend time with him. John 1, uh, 1 and 14. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Uh, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory in the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That is Jesus. Jesus is the written word. He's a spoken word. And he is the word who became flesh. John 6.35 says they declared, and Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And in Psalm 138.2, it says, I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your holy name for your love and faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So if he's exalted his word, that means just as he created the world with his word, if his spirit's in you, you can do the same thing. So what are you speaking? Are you giving the devil ammunition by your words? Or are you giving the angels something to work with? Are you giving them seeds to plant for your future? Are you prophesying over yourself? Angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. That's what it says in the book of Hebrews. And so how how are you doing that? Are you spending time with God? Because the more you spend time with someone, the more you get to know them, like your wife, you know, or your or your friend, one of your best friends or your husband. Exactly. So uh, how are you growing? How are you um, trying to grow in God's word? Are you uh, giving the angels something to work with? Are you? There's so many different aspects you can, uh, so many different pathways you can take in growing the word, uh, your word and your relationship with God. And it's also, they are so simple to do, so easy to do. Reading the Bible online, or if you, if you don't have a Bible, going to a Christian bookstore, talking to like-minded individuals, talk to your neighbors. So many different simple steps you can take if you want to grow with God. And that's the thing. You have to want to grow with him because he can't force you. You do have free will, so you can't force you. And he's not going to overstep his bounds. Yes. And so, you know, beside your church, your church may have uh, Bible study groups, uh, groups that take place in, you know, different ones that do different topics. And some of them meet there at church and some Bible study groups meet in different uh, members' houses. And it's a great way to fellowship. So I, you know, I suggest if you don't do that or go to your Wednesday night Bible study at church, I, I suggest you maybe start because you will have more time to fellowship with people in your church and get to know them. And I want to touch again on, on um, Jesus being the, the bread of life. Okay. As I said before, the more time you spend with somebody, the more you get to know them and become like them, right? Well, it's the same way with God. And if you don't eat, but yet you expect to go run a marathon race, but you haven't eaten for a month, do you think you'll be very strong? Do you think you'll get anywhere? No. You'll pa probably pass out within the first mile. Okay, it's the same with our, it's the same with our spiritual you know, side. Okay? If we do not feed that spirit, then we're going to be weak, and we're not going to be able to withstand the, the um, devil's ammunition. And so, with your words, are you giving him ammunition? Or are your angels collecting unemployment? Give them something to do. And Psalm 138.2, I want to impress upon this. It says, above all things, he exalts his name and his word. So, finding that verse 
in the Bible that pertains to what you're praying for is the best prayer. You can make a prayer out of it. So it's not tainted by human emotions. You make that into the prayer for God. And you pray it. And you know that God will answer it because he exalts his word. Next topic, next way, is to obey. You must have a teachable spirit. And, and, and let him correct you and let him teach you. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23 says, To obey is better than sacrifice, to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. And so you can, you know, you can say you're going to do something for God, but if you don't do it, okay, that is rebellion. And you can say, oh, well, you know, I give on church or I, I, I give to the poor or I go help out in my ministry. But there's a lot of other things that you're not obeying God for and you're still living a life of sin. Okay, you, you think that he's proud of that fact? You're not going to grow very much until you start having a teachable spirit. Yes, and you have to use that teachable spirit. You have to learn to use it. You have to learn to accept it. Because how Satan gets to you is by molding, is by us conforming. One minute, we're, we're doing something we wouldn't normally do, and that's conformity. You see, it's conformity. What I mean by that is obviously is one single solitary mistake will actually grow and they to be accepted. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're watching one TV show that has one piece of foul language, like, okay, that's not, I can overlook that. Then it starts building from there. Understand what I mean, people? And it starts building from there. It's like then it has more swear words or then it goes to your further nudity or sexual things. All that builds, and that's how Satan gets to you. That's how exactly how Satan gets to you. We've got to avoid all of that. Get rid of the pride and the rebellion, and that's a one way that these TV shows do it. Because one minute, back in the 80s, they had good, wholesome TV that we watched, like the Hogan family or Step by Step. Then it gets into these other um, uh, TV shows where they allow swearing and... Uh, and uh, Premarital sex and all this other stuff that uh, comes on TV nowadays. That's called conformity. It's molding us into accepting things that we know are wrong, but we accept it because, oh, not that big a deal. Yes. So that is really important to God because obeying Him and having a teachable spirit means you're humble. Um, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And, and he says, in, and, and that is in Proverbs, and in um, James, it says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's James 4, 6. So it really is important to him, and it's a form of worship. John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commands and, and obeys him, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me um, will be loved by my father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Proverbs 7.23 says, Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablets of your heart. That's how important it is to God. Yeah, and are you important enough? Are you thinking that God's important to you? Is he important to you? Do you want to follow by his commandments or do you just want to take on a worldly possession? Hebrews 12, uh, 5 through 6 says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines his, those he loves 
and purifies everyone he accepts as a son. That goes with what I was just saying. I mean, uh, you got to take his discipline. You got to use his discipline. Because God is God treats every sin the same way. Not one sin is bigger than another. Not swearing is the same way as adultery. You know, it's all the same. He treats every sin exact same. There's no one minor sin and no big sin. They're all treated equally. Proverbs sixteen twenty says, "Whoever gives heed to instruction, instruction prospers, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord." Also, Proverbs six twenty three six twenty three says, "For though these commands are a lamp, his teaching is a light, and the correction of discipline are the way of life." Yes, so it is really important to him, and sometimes his correction is not because you've sinned. Some, and his correction comes most of the time in, in, in the form of a trial or the words of somebody else that he's inspired to speak to us. But sometimes it's not because of a sin. Maybe it's just you're doing something that's hindering your path and not necessarily a sin. And so he will discipline and correct you to get you back on a path, the path that he can use uh, to bless you. So the next one is worship. Worship really touches the heart of God. Remember when David returned from bringing the Ark uh, of the Covenant back that was captured by the Philistines? He danced in the streets praising God. He disrobed, meaning he got real. He worshiped God with a sincere heart and not as a king. He just got real and personal with God. Worship is a way of life, but it's also thanking him and praising him. Worship when you obey him, when you live in his ways and walk in his ways daily. You're worshiping God. When you tithe, you're worshiping God because you're just sharing. Your spirit is sharing, okay, in that ministry. So you may not be able to go to all those places that your church may support, those um, missions and missionaries that they support overseas. You may not be able to go there. But you're there in spirit wherever you help donate to. And then also, the priest, when they came into the promised land, they weren't giving tracts of land. They weren't giving tracts of land. They were supposed to be ministering and paying attention to ministering over the congregation, right? Over all the people of Israel. And so... So is our pastors, okay? That's what they do for a living. They devote themselves. They devote themselves to, um, you know, leading you, to guiding you, to praying for you, to bringing you a word that it will inspire you on Sunday mornings. And they're to listen to you when you need someone to talk to. And so it takes, it, it takes money. They're in a church building that they have rent payments on and utility bills. And so we're helping to support that when we give. So your tithe touches him, but also your gratitude. You know what? He's not going to give you more to complain about is all, if all you do is complain about what you have. So we need to thank him and, and, and praise him for what we have. Show him that we appreciate all that he's done for us and is doing for us and has blessed us with instead of complaining about what we don't have. We don't have a big house. 
but you do have somewhere to live in. Thank you for that, because some people don't have that. You always have something to thank him for. John 4.24 says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Psalm 134.2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. And lastly, Hebrews 10.22 says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And so what are we doing here, people? Are we giving God credit he's due? Are we listening to him? Are we trying to grow in his relationship? with us, having a personal relationship with him. That's food for thought. Well, we're going to take a quick break here and we're going to make covenants worship. I hope you enjoyed the song. It is called Jesus, You Are Worthy. So we'll be right back right after this.
Now to the one who reigns forever Blessing and honor guys welcome back here um we're going to continue off this discussion and uh we where we left off was uh not, topic number three different levels of growth and there are different levels of growth there's a beginner when as soon as you get saved and give your life to god on up to possibly being a minister or something like that but uh, just because you're a minister doesn't mean you're any any uh, better of a christian than uh, uh, the person who just gave his life to christ uh, it, they're all the same because God treats everyone exactly the same, and we're all flawed human beings. And how do we stop being flawed? We don't, because we're not perfect. Everybody learns in different ways on how God's love is, but we're all the same in God's eyes. There's no one better Christian versus another. Right here's my wife to elaborate on that. <laughs> so yes, there. Uh, our last topic is there are different levels of growth. And we're going to use Moses when he went up to get the Ten Commandments to explain this. So the first one there is the top of the mountain, Moses. This level is complete love and trust and devotion to God. You seek God for who he is and just to be with him and not for just for what he can do for you. 
He is your God, but he is also your friend and your father. Moses spoke to God face to face. He obeyed him, he trusted him, and he followed him. When you are this close to God, it will show and, it, and you will shine the glory of God. Exodus 34, 29 says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. You want to radiate and shine Jesus Christ that just your personal awareness people will know that you are a child of God? Do you want your light to shine? Well, of course, everybody wants it. You should be wanting to worship and let people know who is your <laughs> Lord and Savior. Who is God to you? You should want to share that with the world because it's a wonderful and awesome thing. But you may be afraid. You may be ashamed. Well, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Because God says in the Bible that he who acknowledges God and the Son of Man will meet the Father. And vice versa, if you deny uh, God in front of man, he will deny you in front of the Father. That's right. And so the next level is almost to the top. This is Joshua. This level is almost at the top. You are seeking God to be with him. You love him, you trust him, you obey him. But there are still areas of life for you to conquer and things that you need to learn. And you are quite aware of this also. Exodus 24, 13 says, Then Moses set out with Joshua his aid, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. They both went up to the top, but the very top only Moses went and spoke face to face with God. Then, the next level, thir three, the third level is on the mountain, but not at the top, Aaron and the elders. This level is for those who seek the Lord, study the word, and, and, and those who are involved in the church activities and worship. But worship is not where it needs to be yet. Remember the trouble that Aaron had when uh, Moses was taking too long? See, he was still struggling standing up for what he believed. He didn't want to do it, but he allowed them to take over. So he still has some growing to do, as we all. So you're on that mountain of God, but not at the top yet. See, you still have issues in your heart, and you cannot keep the and you cannot keep these issues in your heart. The garbage of the past hurts, and expect to have full, complete, sincere devotion to God. See, it's got to be one or the other. You can't have both in your heart. What do you want? Exodus twenty four fourteen says he said to the elders, "Wait here for us, and we'll come back." To you, Aaron and her are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. So, are you aware of the issues that you have, and that's what's keeping you from going to the next level? Exactly, and honestly, it can't be one or none. It's got to be all. I mean, you got to have your whole self in God, and if your spouse isn't, uh, then you're going to have some problems in your marriage as well because. It, Satan will try to get get at you in all sorts of different directions from your kids, possibly your husband or wife or work or anything like that. you got to be able to withstand all of it. And God gives you the tools. He gives you the tools you need to withstand it. That way you possibly can get your family with God as well. Because that's what you ultimately want. You want your family, in it, but you can't make the decision for them. they got to make it on their own. they got to decide whether they want to be with you or against you.
Yes, and so the last level is at the foot of the mountain. This level is for those who have maybe just been saved or been saved for a little bit, but you're not quite where Aaron is. You're still growing. And those who are at the very beginning stage who have you know just been saved, you just received the Lord. So you're at the beginning stage of your growth. And still very, very much of the world and past hurts are in you for God to clean up and to heal. You want to hear from God, but you're still weak in your faith and you still have some areas that you're just not sure and you don't understand. You have a lot of learning to do. And so it has not been perfected in, in you yet. And sometimes fear gets the best of you. And especially when uh, a severe trial comes your way. The Israelites were at this level and were afraid when they saw the glory on Moses. As a people who are lost and are not quite sure of their identity in Christ, uh, are, are just as afraid of someone they can see, see clearly that shines the love and the glory of God. Because see, it makes us see our reflection. When we're, we're seeing someone who's truly shining the glory of God, it helps us to see our imperfections and our, our shortcomings. So, But there's never reason to be afraid because God loves us. He loves us just as we are. All you have to do is come to him and surrender and he'll take care of the rest. First John 3 one says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. He is the potter and we are the clay and he will not give up on you. And what God starts, God finishes. He says that in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, you've got some flaws. That's okay. Join the human race. We all do. But it's recognizing them. It's having a humble spirit which allows you to grow. That's when you can grow. And that's when God can start teaching you. And you'll get there. Don't expect to be there overnight. Because just as you just got saved, maybe some of you are babies in the faith. And you have a heart with God's love in it. But you've got years of the world in your mind that he has to be renewed, as it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And that comes by spending daily time with God. That is the only way you're going you're gonna to learn it. If you went to a class one day and then you decided to come back the next day and take your final exam, you'd fail it miserably. It takes time, and it takes time being with the Lord to learn His ways as well. Yeah, and the only way to learn it is by studying, growing in God, taking time to read the Bible, taking time to fellowship with other like-minded Christians, learning from each other, <laughs> learning their experiences, you sharing your experiences. Uh, long story short, people, being a Christian is all about fellowship. Talking with like-minded individuals, sharing the word of God to one another, branching out, sharing it with the world, taking time to go to church, taking time to visit homeless shelters or battered women's shelters. It's all about growing and sharing the word of God, fellowshipping. That's what I said before. It's all about sharing the word with like-like individuals. It's not hard to do, but you just got to want to do it. And continuing on, Exodus 34, 30 says, When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him because they were not ready to change. And honestly, do we remember the story of when um, Moses came down from the mountain? 
he was up there for a, a, a good amount of time. But think about it. Those people were held captive by Pharaoh all of their lives. They begged people to let them free. They were begging for a lifetime to be free of his tyranny. Then they followed Moses out to the valleys. They kept asking, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we live? They had no idea because they were never given the opportunity to learn to make their own choices. So I get part of what they were, what they were afraid of. I get that. But why turn around and make an inanimate object and start worshiping it? That's the part that I don't get. They were looking for somebody to follow. And they decided to follow a statue that doesn't move, that doesn't speak, and they created it. What the heck? Okay, tell me this. I could carve something nice and pretty to hang on my wall out of wood. And I hang it on the wall and, oh, okay, I'm going to worship you. Please answer my prayer. You created it. Okay, tell me the foolishness of this. How is something that you created yourself going to be stronger and more powerful than you? Because don't you want to worship something? And, and, and pray to something that's stronger and more powerful than you? Because if you can't overcome your problems, how is a piece of wood or something that you created yourself how is that going to help you overcome your problems when it came from the work of your hands? Tell me how stupid that is. Okay, please. Uh, yeah, I never got that. You want something more powerful than you. You need a supernatural God. We need God in our life. Because, hey, we got a lot of evil in this world. We don't want to take it with us in eternity. That's forever. And I just read something somewhere, and I just really loved it. Um... And it and it's it states that you know what God loves you so much that He gives us free will. So if you reject Him in life, He's going to respect that free will and not force Himself on you in eternity. Think about that. Um, so it, you can't have it both ways. You're either with Him or you're against Him. And and yes, sometimes you're at the foot of the mountain because you're just not ready to overcome your issues. You're just not ready for that change. Or maybe you're scared to. But that's what keeps you there. You know what? Sometimes you just got to do it afraid and step out. That's what courage is. That's what real courage is. So as you let God work in you and transform you, he will drive out all that fear in you. Trust yourself into the mighty hands of the Creator, the Father and Savior. And as long as you stay faithful and do not give up, you will grow spiritually and you will make it to the top of that mountain. You just got to trust him. He died. He was beaten beyond human recognition all over his body from his face to his stomach to his back. They beat him all over front. They were surrounding him and beating him. They were mocking him and spitting on him. They put a crown of thorns on his head and dug into his head, blood running down his face. Get this. And then weary from all that, he they made him carry an over 300-pound cross up the hill to Golgotha. He understands your pain. That's why he came in the flesh, so he can understand and have mercy on you. And he could come to our aid because he gets it. He was here. 
That's why he did this. And while they were sinning, he still loved him. And while he was dying on the cross, instead of getting mad, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is true love. And so if you're not ready, guess what? He'll be patient with you and wait until you are. So don't give up on him. Just keep walking the path. Keep, you know, reading the word. Keep going to church because you will get there and he will make sure you do. He says in Isaiah 46, 10, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. He will not give up on you. And we just read in Philippians 1, 6 that he will carry on the good work that he started in you. He will carry it on in completion. It means until you get to heaven, he's going to keep on working on you. He's going to keep on being there. He's going to keep on loving you. He's going to keep on coming to your aid and healing you. First John 4, 16 through 18 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, the love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, that's God, perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So God, who is perfect love, is going to drive that fear out of you. Trust him to do so. Are you going to trust him? Are you going to love him? Are you going to allow him to make changes in your life? All those answers should be yes, every single one of them, because God brought you here on earth. God created you. He took your mother and your father and he created you. He created you for a purpose. He created you for a meaning. He has a job for you. Are you going to accept it? Are you going to say, yes, God, hire me to do your work? That should be a yes. All these things God has in store for you, you should want to do it with open arms. You are, in closing here, you are a you are as close to God as you want to be. How close are you? And what are you willing to endure for him? He died for you. Are you willing to trust him to lead you, to transform you, heal you, bring you a victory? His love is everlasting. You cannot escape it, nor should you want to try to escape it. You just trust and obey and worship him, and he will lead you to the rest of the way. You will make it to the top of the mountain if you want. That's the thing. You have to want to do it. You have to endure the pains and the agonies of earth because this is a fallen world. God created this world. We don't know why, but we glad we did because we were created. But this world will kill you. This world will spit on you. This world will do unimaginable things to you. But you got to remember, we are not of this world. We are supposed to be above this world. Our final resting place is in heaven if we choose to go. Yes, and so in closing, uh, I love this verse, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, that says will. It doesn't say we might or we possibly. It says we will. That's a promise. That means if we don't, so it's a promise with a condition. If you don't give up, you're going to reap a harvest. If you don't give up, you're going to be blessed. Your your prayers are going to be answered. So God's not going to give up. So the only one who gives up is us. So don't give up. You will make it. And just love yourself for who you are and where you're at. Because God loves you. And he has faith in you. And he knows. He chose you. He chose you. 
It's either in First or Second Peter two verse nine. It says that he that that he chose us. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Oh, I love that. People listening, you are God's special possession. Don't give up on him. Don't give up on your family if God, if you're praying for God to work on them. Keep trusting yourself. Keep trusting your family to God and to his loving arms because he loved you. And just love yourself for who, you, for who he says you are. You are his prince. You are his princess. Love yourself for who he says you are. It trash what everybody else. They're not gods. So why do you care what they think about you? Let it roll off your back and say, you know what? I got some more important things to do than worry about what you say about me. I know what God says about me. And besides that, he died for me. Did you? That's the only one you should be worrying about. And so I just want to thank you for listening to us. And I hope that you enjoyed that. And hey, people, we have um, something good coming your way. Um, uh, Donnie and I are writing together a book called Marriage, God's Way. Um, and it's going to be, you know, with scriptures backing up everything because it's marriage God's way, not Donnie and Sandy's way. And, and so it's going to be uh, part one, engagement, what to do prior to marriage to keep yourself holy and pure. And to so the marriage will start off right. What to do in married life and how you should be. And then avoiding and overcoming struggles because, hey, we're all human. You're going to have them. But that's not so the struggles won't take your marriage down uh, and how to avoid them. So uh, we want to give you the same chance. We posted this on our um, Facebook page, Your New Life Ministries, um, LLC. Uh, and we want to give you the chance to win a copy of the book. And so if you have a faith-based or inspirational quote, or that you want to contribute to the book, you'll be listed as a contributor. Uh, if we choose it, then if for one of those parts, uh, we will give you a free book. So please email us at info at yournewlifeministries.org or visit our uh, contact us page of our website, yournewlifeministries.org and send us your quote. But then also at the same time, um, send us, um, if you're doing it through the website, make sure we have your email address and your address because we can't, uh, we can't, we can notify you, but then we can't send you the copy of the free book once it's out unless we have an address to send it to. Free of charge. And so we want to close in prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to watch over all these people wherever they are, whether they be in the United States whether they be in, in Europe or Africa or Asia uh, or Russia, Lord, we love all our listeners and we ask you to bless them abundantly. Watch over them, protect them, heal them. If they've lost somebody, I pray comfort their heart. I, and they need provision, whatever the, it is, I ask you to provide it, whether it's material possessions, whether it's a friend or a home, whether it's finances, God, let them know you've got them and give them signs that you've heard and you're answering their prayers. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Yes, and so don't forget to send us those emails for comments, Bible verses, or any other inspirational stories you have on your marriage. Please don't forget to send them to us at our info at unilifeministries.org.
and we will send you out a free book free of charge and that includes shipping there's no shipping, shipping charges on this so that way you can uh, get the free book and hopefully inspire your marriage and show your friends like hey you contributed this to your new life ministries all right uh, so stay tuned for updates on this book that we're working on now all right i'll talk at you later don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter we'll talk at you later guys Bye-bye. oh and also don't forget you know you got this when you let god be the way i'll catch you later guys Bye bye